Early on in my pursuit of becoming a firefighter, I was told about a principle that I keep on the back burner to this day. That principle is more of a question that I can repeatedly ask myself if something I was doing ever raised a question within myself. I've witnessed a lot of people come and go from the fire service, whether it's due to resigning because they've found a different passion, uh, early retirement due to medical reasons, or termination of employment based on a poor decision they made on or off duty. In today's episode, I'll talk about what this principle is, why we should keep it in our minds whether we are on duty or off, and how living by this principle will help ensure you to live out a successful career in the fire service. I first started taking fire science classes back in uh, 2001. Wow. Long time ago. Uh, I was working towards my associate's degree and I was taking all kinds of classes that touched on a lot of different things. Things like hydraulics, fire behavior, customer service. That one was a real fun one, by the way. Uh, fitness and conditioning, things like that. The types of classes that I took were a testament to the dynamic that the fire service offered and I friggin' loved it. Out of all the different classes that I took and all the different instructors that I had from multiple different fire departments, there was only one who introduced me to the principle of what's known as the headline test, quote unquote. He explained it to me this way. If your actions were splayed across tomorrow's news headline, would you be proud of it? When my firefighter one instructor made that statement in class, everyone sitting there took pause. He went on to explain that headlines pay particular attention to those in public safety who break laws more so than any other profession. Like you don't read headlines that say, local CPA charged with extreme DUI. No. However, you do hear about it if it were a firefighter who made the offense, right? Why is that? It all comes down to trust, ultimately. The community trusts us implicitly. When that trust is threatened or broken, it gets widely reported, as it should. The weight of responsibility when it comes to the trust that's given us is immense. This is one of the reasons why we have such a gauntlet for a testing process. We don't just let anyone in off the street. You've got to prove yourself. And if you prove to be someone who can't be trusted with that responsibility, then you've got some changes to make. And maybe this profession just isn't for you. Granted, some people who don't understand this ideal make it through the process, but remember, the process isn't perfect, and neither are we. But there are things we can control to make sure that we are passing the headline test. Things like our behavior and the things we put on social media. So let's talk a little bit about those elements, our behavior. When it comes to our behavior, 
we can't act inappropriately when we're off duty and then expect to be immune from repercussions on the professional side of things. If we go out drinking and then get tagged with a DUI, then we can't expect not to be held accountable by our organizations. Again, does anyone really care if the local grocery store manager gets a DUI? No, but you can bet they'll care about a firefighter or a fire captain that does. They always say, you know, you're a firefighter on and off duty, right? And we feel that. We feel the measure of that. This is a testament to that, to that statement. And this doesn't just go for things like DUIs. I'm talking assault, disorderly conduct, theft, and all the other things out there that people do when they're operating outside of integrity and the things that they promise to uphold. It just hits different when you're a firefighter or a police officer, as it should because there's a social expectation and trust given to us. And it's our job to maintain the integrity of that trust and that expectation. And honestly, in my opinion, firefighters and police officers, <laughs> excuse me, firefighters and police officers should be held to a higher standard. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but honestly, I feel like we should be held to a higher standard. So if we do these things out in public, and if we are, you know, tagged with like a DUI or something, we shouldn't be getting a professional courtesy, quote unquote, we should be being held accountable. Because if we allow that standard to diminish, if we allow that standard to lower, then what's the point of trying to act as if we have these quality professions that, that hold to a higher standard, if it's just for optics and not principle? Just my opinion. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about social media. So this one's gotten tricky lately because there have been some blatant instances where immediate termination was warranted for people's behavior while off duty, particularly when it comes to social media. However, there have been some instances where the department was way too quick to pull the trigger on termination, and those individuals were awarded millions of dollars in wrongful termination lawsuits. So when it comes to social media posts and sometimes social media rants, right, the key is to be respectful. Operate in that gray area um, as, much as, as much as you can. Take this podcast, for example. There are numerous situations that I've witnessed that I've used to inspire episodes that I've published. And I make an observation. This is what I do. This is how I operate. I make an observation. Then I make notes on my thoughts in my journal about that observation. And then I put those notes out to you via this podcast. Now, some situations I've personally witnessed and some situations I've read about online or in books or wherever, studies, uh, journals, and some situations are purely hypothetical, but I make it a point not to divulge any personal information that would compromise the integrity of the organization that I work for or the organizations that I read about, and especially not individuals that I may know. The things that I share are things that we all see. We're all observing the events and challenges that our organizations face based on the circumstances. But it's important that we A, acknowledge the events, B, talk about them, and C, establish systems for dealing with the things that we see. Otherwise, nothing will ever change for the better. I understand that we see a lot of dark things in our career. And it's important that we approach these things in a similar manner so that they don't fester because they are being ignored. There are a lot of ways 
that we tend to dull our ailments. We use caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, but these are all abatements of symptoms and don't address the root of the problem. Only by identifying and dealing with the seat of the fire can we put out its destructive force. Now, it may sound like I've gone on a bit of a tangent here because I started out talking about passing the headline test, behavior, social media, but the things that we use to medicate ourselves with have an effect on how they manifest later, specifically because we're not dealing with the root issue. Our experiences and the things that we see while we're on duty are no excuse for poor behavior on or off duty. Like I always say, it's up to us to own it and make sure that we're taking accountability for the things that we're contributing to, good and bad. It's our responsibility to do what it takes to be the firefighter we would want on our crew. We don't want to be the guy who shows up with a hangover, or the girl who can't be trusted after the lights go out at the station, right? Or the guy you, quote, can trust with your life, but not with your wife. What it comes down to here is our personal judgment and integrity. It comes down to the set of principles that we live by. Our behaviors should be based on guiding principles that we operate under every day, whether on duty or not. Here are a few tips that, if practiced, will help you keep out of the headlines. First, control your circumstances. Now, there are a lot of circumstances that guide the path of our lives. However, you're not fated to those circumstances. You do have the power to change your circumstances, or at the very least, your attitude about them. If you're not happy with your level of fitness, then make a plan, take action, and change things. If you feel like your education isn't at the level you desire, then make a plan, take action, and change things. Do you see a pattern here? People are born into circumstances that they pull themselves out of every day. Will you sit in a pool of self-pity and cry circumstance, or will you make a plan for positive change and take action? Another thing we need to do is eliminate bad habits. I know this is easier said than done, and that's one of the the phrases that I hate the most, right? It's easier said than done. Another one I hate is, uh, it is what it is. Oh, I friggin' hate that. Or that's the way we've always done it. Oh, those are the worst. I hate those things. Uh, anyway, maybe I'll save my rant on that for a different episode. Who knows? But, um, eliminate bad habits. We've all got them. You do. I do. And oftentimes the people that we serve think they're doing right by us and supporting these bad habits. For example, every time I go to work, every single time I go to work, someone from the community has dropped off no less than two dozen fresh donuts to the station. Would you guys like to know what my biggest weakness is when it comes to treats? You guessed it, donuts. And I admit, from time to time I partake, but it isn't a daily occurrence. For those of you struggling with nicotine and caffeine addictions or worse, alcohol addiction, my heart goes out to you. It really does. I understand. Uh, I've witnessed these addictions firsthand within my own family, which is the exact reason why I abstain from a lot of these things. I know the control that they can have over a person. And if you're currently struggling with the grips of those substances, then I'm pleading with you to get some help in overcoming them, whatever that looks like. These things do nothing but harm us. 
Another thing that I see, uh, particularly hospitals do is they stock the EMS, uh, break rooms or the report writing rooms full of like energy drinks, full of energy drinks, like high carb, high sugar. Some of them are no carb, no sugar. I get it, but they're full of caffeine. Right. And it's like, and I'll go into this a little bit later, but one of the biggest things that's troubling us as a, as a profession today is our inability to get effective and quality sleep. So are they really helping us or are they just feeding the problem? Anyway, I could go on about that too, but I'm particularly talking about caffeine here. Uh, caffeine doesn't give you energy. A lot of people think, think caffeine gives you energy. It does not do that. It blocks your adenosine receptors that tell you that you're tired, eliminating your ability to get the proper rest that you need to function appropriately. So the next time you're like, oh, I need coffee to help, you know, give me that boost of energy. You're not actually giving yourself a boost of energy. That's not what you're doing. And when you have those quote unquote energy drinks, you're not giving yourself a boost of energy. What you're doing is you're incapacitating your body's ability to get the proper rest that it needs. You're removing your body's ability to perform how it should. Doesn't sound good to me. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about alcohol. It doesn't make the pain go away. It abates it. And honestly, it compounds it so that it can come back harder and heavier than before. Manifesting in self-destructive ways. Sometimes it comes out in depression. Um, we compound these feelings of, or these things that we see and we don't actually deal with the root of the problem and that leads us to depression. And if we don't deal with that depression, things like suicide wind up happening. We have to deal with the root of the problem. Let's talk a little bit about nicotine. Nicotine reprograms your brain to reward itself for doing absolutely nothing special. It numbs your ability to appropriately deal with stress. It reduces your ability to learn new things and extremely reduces your ability to practice self-control and discipline. You want to know some of the biggest problems facing us today? I kind of teased it a little bit before, but they are inefficient sleep, improper stress management, and lack of recovery. Are you sensing a pattern here? Accountability starts with us, guys. Make moves to unburden yourselves from these bad habits that are holding you back and contributing to the things that are destroying us as first responders. And the last tip I'd like to leave with you, surround yourself with good people. I say this to my kids and it rings true for me just as much as it rings true for them. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. According to Jim Rohn, you're the average of the five people you hang around with most. So if it's true for the unsavory people you might be spending your time with, then why can't it be true for the people who inspire you? Let's take a page out of the Breaking Bad Habits book, right? And say that if you're trying to stop drinking so much or altogether, then why would you continue to hang out with people who facilitate that bad habit? Why would you immerse yourself in an environment where everybody around you is drinking, but you're trying not to? It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm not saying it can't be done because I've, I don't drink and I've been around people my whole life who do. That to me is just that one thing that I'm, I'm not going to do. So 
I understand that if you have a strong conviction in that thing, you can, you can put yourself in that environment and be just fine. However, you're going to have to be the judge for yourself. If, if you can't go out with buddies and not have a drink with them, then maybe it's time you change your circle. I'm not saying forever, but at least temporary until you can get the reins in on those things. If you tell me that you want to stop drinking, like I said, but then you hang around people who can't socialize without booze, then I'm going to have a hard time believing that that's what you really want. Identify the people who are killing it in life, just winning all the time, and reach out to them. Ask them questions. Pick their brains. They can help you level up to the place that you're trying to get to. Look, guys, the things I'm sharing with you aren't about me judging you or scolding you, and I sure hope I'm not coming off that way. That's not what this is about at all. The point of all this is to share something very valuable that I learned early on and provide you with practical strategies that you can use to make sure that you stay out of the headlines, protect yourself, and protect your career. I know you all aren't just a bunch of degenerates, but we all need help from time to time, myself included. And there's nothing wrong with doing a little introspection and identifying those things that might be holding you back. We need to be the firefighter that we would want on our crew, right? And whether you're on duty or off duty, ask yourself the question, would this pass the headline test? I'm on the same journey, guys. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't think of the things that can help me become the firefighter people would want on their crew. Do I always succeed? No. But like I said, nobody's perfect. We're all imperfect people trying to do the best we can with what we have where we're at. But if we can just become 1% better than that day before, then we'll be 365% better by the end of the year, and that's saying a lot. Exciting things are coming, guys. I've mentioned this in the past few episodes. I'm looking for up to 12 people, specifically from you listeners and supporters of the show, who would be interested in meeting with me via Zoom on a weekly basis in order to refine and establish systems that would help us become the firefighters that we would want on our crew. But not only that, become the spouses, the parents, and the friends that contribute to a community that we aren't just a part of, but a community that we're actively building through our actions. I'm calling this group of people The Forge. This is where we take daily actions towards improving our four different areas of our lives and hold each other accountable in those actions. If you're interested in becoming a part of a more focused group of people looking to make progress in their personal and professional lives, please reach out to me on social media or email me at ignitedff at gmail.com and I'll add you to the list. Like I said, I'm limiting this first group to 12 people at the most. This is going to be kind of a beta group. Uh, and the people who join early on will be locked in at an introductory rate. We'll get rolling the first week in July, so I look forward to seeing you in the Forge. I really appreciate those of you who listen and support the show. I write and produce this show for free. So please, if you're getting value from it, give it a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you've got any value from today's show, I'd ask that you share it with someone you think would enjoy it. It'll be a great discussion point for you to connect with those on your crew, and it'll introduce them to what we're doing here at Ignited. That wraps it up for today's episode of the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Click the links in the show notes and be a part of the growing community by joining the Ignited Firefighter Facebook group. 
This is where we can all contribute and share stories of what new things we're learning along with anything else you want to share or inquire about. Thanks again, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.